Uh, nothing much, you know, just hanging in there. How about you? Nothing much. I'm uh, ignore my mess. I'm packing. I'm moving. So that could be a good thing. Oh yeah, I'm either gonna go stay with my friend or um, buy a, like a transport bus that I looked at today. Oh, kind of like one of those tiny house things. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I was gonna just buy an RV, but there's so many things inside there that can break. Yeah, yeah. And systems that I don't care to have. Um, I'd rather just build it for myself from the ground up. I lived in my SUV for six months when I moved here, so I think I can handle living in a big van. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think mm-hmm. best part is like the weather's pretty decent. Yeah, it's a good time to. Yeah, I could have stayed in my SUV if it hadn't if it had been insulated for the cold, but it was. I was not prepared to sleep in the cold. So, <laughs> but thank you for being here today on the Art of Comedy podcast. Um, I usually like to start off with just getting a little, like your origin story. It said you were, you did, started improv 20 years ago and then. Yes. How did you get into improv? Um, Well, one day um, I went with my friend Christine. We went up to the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair and I, I just fell in love with it. Like that's all they do there is improv, improv. I mean, there's like, um, shows that you know have scripts to them but it's mostly all improv and I was like how do I get in on something like this you know (laughs) from there on out it's like I just joined improv groups and um I traveled with the Nottingham players for a bit and it was I just fell in love with it yeah you're in New Jersey now where was that at that you started improv was it New Jersey uh Pennsylvania Pennsylvania okay you probably said that but I missed it um yes (laughs) yeah and then um, how long have you been doing stand up? Stand up, I've been doing for over a year now. Yeah, and uh, what do you think? Like the differences are as far as like how do you think improv, uh, you know, helped you in the ways that art of comedy is helping to help people, you know, heal from trauma, not necessarily, but you know, just what do you think it's added to your life? Uh, I think it's definitely, um, I don't want to say that I was in a shell, but when I get like around new people, I am in a shell, but then joining another improv troupe, it's, it really helps with that. Like the people there are, um, like either they're inspirational to me or I'm an inspiration to them. And, um, like that's just like, just doing like an improv workshop thing, but, um, doing it like out for a show. Like, people love it. You know, I love letting go. I just like to throw that out of my head, which is a bad thing for doing comedy because then I forget things for comedy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So what led you to start doing stand-up? I just said, why not? Why not? <laughs> why not take a chance? Um, my friend Iggy was doing a show, and I went on, um, uh, oh, Lord, what was his, uh, I can't remember. It was Graffiti Dog Productions. I was, it was my first time doing comedy. I did almost a half hour straight of comedy, which he was impressed. He's like, that was your first time. He's like, get, get the hell out. You know, get the hell out. <laughs> he's like, you're natural doing it. I was like, I have no problems, you know, making ass out of myself in front of people for some odd reason. Well, I think improv really prepares you for that. I, I just, I, 
I haven't done like classes I'd like to, but mostly just to exercise a different part of my brain. I don't really think it'll be my thing. I did try out for a group and, you know, for me to fall down on the ground pretending to be killed felt really ridiculous um, <laughs> while I was doing it. I was like, I had to have just looked, I was thinking about everything as I was going down, you know, and uh, yeah. And so I think like a, a improv would definitely get you used to just, I've, uh, some people I've talked to said the improv helped them get used to failing on stage because not everything lands, but you have other people there when there's an improv troupe that can take it up and, you know, um, but you get used to like not bombing, but you know, just, just failing and, and, um, to the point where you get used to not being afraid to just try new things. Yes, I've, I've had some improv things where I've failed. And then the people that were also in the improv, um, they helped me fail at a higher level. <laughs> I was like, thank you guys. Thank you. Really? Not one of you. No. <laughs> Whereas I've gone on stage, like if, if I wasn't, you know, part of, um, you know, uh, uh, like part of one of the things that they were doing and like they def desperately were failing. Like I would step in with something, you know, and help them out. <laughs> Whereas they would just leave me hanging, you know? <laughs> so thanks guys. Thanks a lot. Comedians <laughs> would just start roasting you and making it, you know, just really pointing out your failure. That's what they start making fun of you. That is true. <laughs> I actually miss um, being roasted by uh, my friend Michelle Tomko. She's like um, Atlantic City's uh, best female comedian, and she was hosting um, open mic nights, and I was one of them. And she she knew I was one of the people that she can play with and everything. So our banter sometimes would go back and forth. Like it wasn't like she was totally roasting me, but she was at the same time. And then I would sneak in some roast things about her because we ended up we did like the vagina monologues, like. I don't know, eons ago, and that's how we met. So it's like I knew I had some things to throw in there. So, like, do you think, what do you think stand-up um, additional added and helped you, like, personally? Do you think it added any more to your life? Um, personally, I know when I get up on stage, I can't hear the laughter at all. I started videotaping it. And then once I played it back, I heard all the people laughing and it helped me even more because sometimes I'd get off stage like, oh God, I suck. Like, why did I do that? Like, why did I get up there? You know, <laughs> it's like, I don't hear any laughter. It's like I go deaf or something. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I was like, they hated me. And then it's like, I, everybody's coming around. They're like, oh my God, you were so funny. You know? And I was like, really? Cool. <laughs> so I mean I think that's helped me a little bit like each time that I even go up there it's like I think that I've bombed but I haven't until people start coming over and saying you know it's like great job or you know I get to hear myself back I mean sometimes I, I hate looking at myself on camera but at the same time it's like I need to you know need to see what works what doesn't work yeah no I yeah definitely I, I recommend recording every set you ever do I have crushed at mics before harder than I've ever done at a show and I've been like no <laughs> I have no recording of that uh, I'll never be able to do that again and um but I think that like the the individual personal validation you get from stand-up you know that is all yours there's nobody else up there it was you are funny not your group is funny I think that's 
you know, that's important um, to people that do stand up if it makes them feel better. But I think, you know, then it bleeds into your rate, your everyday life. Um, not just when you're on stage, like the confidence eventually that you get. Um, do you, what was I going to say, I need to keep a notepad and write things down. <laughs> I, I would, it's I would okay. I, I've got my iPad in front of me. I've written out a few things just in case. <laughs> brain is just so foggy <laughs> right now because um, it's not being exercised. It's gotten real lazy. Um, but do you think that um, in your normal everyday life, do you do that? Do you think you're not doing well and then you find out you are? Uh, yes it's like I just have that I, I don't know what it is sometimes I just feel like like I'm the worst like I'm not good enough and things like that and um you know but then I look back at all of the things that I've done um one thing that's helped me like uh it's helped with improv and comedy like I'm a theater person mm -hmm. so that's helped you know being in front of a crowd you know that helps a lot but yeah, it's like everyday life, like sometimes like I sink and then I'm like, you know what, let me watch that video again of that show. Yeah. You know, because I mean, right now it's hard, like everybody's doing like Zoom stand-up comedy. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I mean, like, how do you, I mean, do you start in like, like, hey, you, you in the front row, you know, um, have you peed yourself lately? <laughs> have you done the quarantine pee yourself, you know? <laughs> Like, I mean, how's that work? It's so hard. <laughs> yeah, I just, well, my comedy is a lot. It's, it's just stories from my life. So I just start telling stories that I've been thinking about while I'm, you know, locked up here. Um, yeah, it's really just what's been on my mind lately, what, what's been happening in my life. Um, you know, and then sometimes, like, I did 20 minutes on a show, and it did, um, I started out like that, just kind of talking about some things I've been thinking about recently, and it did lead into actual material. So by the end of it, I was doing bits. And oh, very nice. Yeah, and I was like, in my head, I was like, I'm doing it. It's <laughs> like Zoom comedy. <laughs> like, I got this. <laughs> so, yes. Um, but yeah, I think that for me, I've been doing stand up for four years. Um, I never did anything before that of an artistic nature really at all um i always enjoyed theater i took intro to theater in college you know you have to go to classes and i really enjoyed like the local theater um and i would do lighting and stuff and work the concession stand to watch the shows for free and um in my head i had dreams of of i tried out for a couple parts but you know i had no experience at all and um yeah so i just i think that i think i could do theater because i want to because i'm going to be a different person when i'm on stage you know what i mean like when i'm in a character i yes. feel like they're judging me yeah they'll be judging the character yes character. <laughs> um so my trouble would be remembering lines. <laughs> <laughs> I am surprised I can. A couple years ago, um, I was in two car accidents back to back. They were like three months apart. First one, I was T-boned, and then um, then I got rear-ended. Yeah. So I was surprised that I can remember anything. And then I just did um, the Laramie Project in Atlantic City. And I had like monologues, like like monologues, <laughs> and I got through all of them. And actually, the director um, 
and the uh, co-director, I think so. But, well, two directors, something like that. Anyway, it's like they both loved it because every day that I came to rehearsal, it's like I knew my stuff. I knew where to be, I, you know. And I was like, I, I couldn't believe that I remembered that. But meanwhile, while I was in that, I was in double rehearsals for a murder mystery. And everybody was like, how do you remember it in anything? And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> That's my magical power, I guess. <laughs> I have to be one of those people that had to remember the whole script. <laughs> so that I would, that would help me remember my lines if I'm remembering what they said to me to make me say that. Yes, yes. <laughs> I would probably enjoy one that was like some more, uh, it would kind of like, uh, I thought about written like, writing screenplays or something that are, you know, like arrested development, like it's a, a theme, you know, what's happening, you know, who your character is and stuff yes. like that, but like most of the lines are at, you know, improv. Um, That's what I loved about the murder mystery that I was in is was, it was pretty much a few lines here and there. And then it was like, people actually got to question us to see, you know, who, who the murderer was. So that was like all improv after that. Yeah, that'd be fun. But I know that comedy, um, the things that comedy has given me, like self-confidence and um, has been a big part of it, it has, because I've always, everyone always thinks I'm a super confident person, like even before comedy, um, because I was really good at faking it. I was really good, at, you know, my anxiety just came off that way. My anxiety comes off as that I'm confident when but now it's like the inside confidence is matching more of the exterior confidence that everyone always thought I had. Um, and, you know, it's bleeding into every area of my life, um, you know, including dating. You know, I just, I, my bar of what I'll choose to be acceptable as treatment for me is so much higher than it used to be because I'm like, who are you? I'm a comedian. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> Um, and then now like I'm looking for a new job and that bar has gone up for that too to where I make my employers feel like because I am I'm interviewing them too for my you know what I mean yeah yeah <laughs> people go people that are desperate for jobs don't do that and I, that makes sense but I'm not desperate for a job especially not now I got unemployment um, <laughs> I just got that too <laughs> I'm like yes yes <laughs> I mean if there's one job right now that I would definitely definitely take go off unemployment for even though I'd probably end up making the same amount of money but you know you're interviewing them and you know it, it when you put the power back into your corner I mean like, oh, you're not, you're not going to let me work from home remote right now. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't take that. I need to work from remote until this is over, you know, or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, that confidence though, is just really spread through my entire life. And I think that even if I quit doing comedy, I would still have that, you know, um, I don't know if improv gives you that kind of confidence, but I think like I would hope my hope for you, is that the longer you do comedy and you start to believe that you are funny on stage and that you, you know, um, and that'll bleed into the rest of your life to where you have more confidence that you are whatever, you know, pretty or smart or whatever it is that you feel lacking in, in your everyday life. <laughs> um, 
I definitely hear you on that. Um, yeah, I'm hoping once this is over and we could go back to doing stand-up comedy, I, I miss the people. You know, I miss even the open mic nights. Like, I've done paid shows and everything. And um, I think I miss the open mic nights more than the paid shows. You know, I miss, like, the whole family because there would be, like, musicians there and, you know, magicians and whatever the hell was around the corner, you know. <laughs> Just hanging outside the mic, smoking and joking. That's what we call it. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, that's where I came up with, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I got a new Fitbit, you know, I wanted to get, you know, more healthy and everything. And then I realized that, you know, it has a heart rate, you know, monitor on it. And I got curious the other day, so I started humping a pillow. <laughs> and it did, it worked, it actually went up, it spiked. <laughs> but recently, you know, sitting around, my my um Fitbit keeps going off like, hey, you alive? Are you alive? <laughs> you know, get up and move. Are you alive? Am I on a rock? You know, <laughs> like if Fitbits could talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you're not alone. You got your Fitbit. <laughs> I know, right? It keeps telling me to move every hour, and I'm like, no, no. <laughs> simmer down, simmer down. <laughs> I'm right now. You can't make me. <laughs> I'll be in a street jacket by the end of the pandemic. You know, it's, it's great. <laughs> I think that, like, doing these podcasts has really helped me talking to people and connecting with people that I, I've never met all over the country, coast to coast. Um, so that's been really fun. Um, and I wouldn't have had time to do it before. I'm not saying that, that I, I would rather do this, though. <laughs> but oh man um yeah i think that uh you know with the nonprofit, you know trying to to give women in the queer community and troubled youth classes for improv and stand-up um my hope is that it will do things like that for people that it will it will make them confident and that confidence will bleed into the rest of their lives um you know i i know that I know that comedy has, for me, comedy is like the love of my life, though. Like, comedy has never hurt me or made me cry. It's like comedy's the one. Um, it's, it's, it's my one true love. Um, I just, I went on stage and came off stage a different person. So, um, <laughs> yes. and I, I know improv can do that for people, too. That's why I have the improv in there, because not everybody's going to be into stand-up. And a lot of improv leads to stand-up. Um, starting to do the other way around too. A lot of stand-up comedians I know are starting to get interested in improv because you want to learn to do act outs and things like that. Improv's going to help you, you know? Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's why I love, you know, starting, you know, to develop some of my own characters and, you know, sketch it like sketch comedy kind of things. And it, it's just, you know, it, it's great to be able to, you know, form a bond with a character or something like that. And, you know, I think like the improv, like sometimes helps the comedy because, you know, sometimes if I get lost, you know, I'll ask somebody for a subject and then I'll go off on it, you know, or something like that, you know. <laughs> That's why crowds love improv. They feel like they're part of the show. They yes, want to be yeah. the show. Um, I love going and watching improv. Um, yeah, I, they... It's something I, I don't like that I can't do it well right off the bat. It's annoying me. And, he, and I'm like irritated that, I'm not irritated that I didn't get into the improv group because I know that I shouldn't have. 
the only two times I was really funny was when I was up there by myself because what I normally do um, and it's something that people wouldn't think that I would do but I will if I'm on a stage with four other people I will kind of and we're all like trying to just throw things out I'll just wilt back and be like you guys are funnier go on a better thing than me go ahead and I was going to even say sometimes it's like being the silent character could be a good character. You know, it's like not everything you have to have words with. Yeah. Yeah. I and I mean, all the years that I've been doing improv, it's like, believe me, there are probably more times that I failed than I have succeeded. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, sometimes you're there, sometimes you're dead on. People are like, oh my God, you were so great tonight in improv. And then other nights like, gee, what happened there? You know? <laughs> yeah. And with improv, there's, it's also like when you form a group they have to have you know their personalities have to mix and there's a lot of factors with improv that's one reason I like stand-up is because it's not I'm not reliant on other people necessarily to create my art um yeah so I see the benefits of improv a lot of comedians you know trash talk improv and every time I'm like, um, have you heard of a little show called Saturday Night Live? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> they're all from improv. Like, that's where they start. Like, I know, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it took, like, forever. Like, um, I've been part of the New Jersey Renaissance Fair, like, on and off, I think, for the past eight years. And, um, like, even, like, even when I was accepted into the group, like, I kind of felt like I wasn't there, but I was. Like, it was like that weird connection, you know, sometimes I'd just be off in my own world, which was okay, you know, um, and same with, um, like, finding a local group was really hard to do, and actually, I don't have, like, an actual local group, um, the, the one that I go to is Unity's Theater Troupe, that was in Atlantic City, um, we're no longer there, but, um, uh, the, uh, the person that runs it, Maddie, she's about, like, half my age, which was, like, awesome, and she was, like, Everybody's like, I can't believe that you're like double her age. How old are you? I am. Well, well do you want to do the guessing game? <laughs> well, I'm 42. You said you've been doing improv for 20 years, so I figure you're probably close to 40. We're actually the same age. Yeah. If you hadn't told me you've been doing improv for 20 years based on the quality of your camera, I have a better camera, but I like to keep it a little blurry. Um, I would, I would think you were maybe in your early 30s. Oh, awesome. Uh, I like that. I'll take it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I'm my age either. Um, no, no, you don't. No, you don't. I was going to say, we're the same age, so we're like 30-ish. You know? <laughs> combination of oily skin and like, I think being fat helps. Um, yeah, it does. You know, it's a, yeah, it keeps the wrinkles away because it just really fills in the lines with fat. Exactly. <laughs> so I'll take it. I'd rather be fat and young looking than skinny and old. You know. I know, right? I've seen some people. I'm like, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> like, what the hell? Body positivity for bigger women is now, you know, it's been making a lot of waves, and then you mean now we got Lizzo and stuff, and um, but we're still, we're still not, we're still not like wrinkle positivity you know i know i, know. <laughs> I look at every wrinkle in line on my face we're not <laughs> really my fat squeezes mine away <laughs> it's called fat away 
step right here. But you know, <laughs> if they were to fill these lines in my forehead, you know what they would do? They would take a little fat from my ass and they would <laughs> there you go. in my forehead. So I, my forehead's just not fat enough is a problem. I'm not old and wrinkly. My forehead's not fat enough. No, <laughs> let me expand. Hold on. Let me go to the Taco Bell drive through one more time. <laughs> I don't know. I, I frown too much and I do it. I'm not even like mad. I just have expressive eyebrows. It just, <laughs> but I will wake up just frowning. I'll wake up like this. I have no control over it. <laughs> but um, I was going to say a lot of comedians also trash talk comedy classes. Um, and that's probably one of the reasons they don't like improv is because they're always like improv classes. Why can you, how can you learn to, you know, I'm just like, Oh, uh, why don't you go try it? And then you'll see. Um, but I think that there's no wrong way to, to, to do art, you know, um, no, there isn't. There. And I think that the people I've seen come out of the comedy classes here in Denver where, you know, the nonprofit's starting and I want to send people to are so far ahead of the game, not just, not, not really necessarily about comedy. You can't teach someone necessarily to be funny, but, um, you know, their stage presence is already so strong. Um, they're, they, they know things about the business and putting the mic stand behind you and, holding the mic where, you know what I mean? And projecting their voice and doing all these things um, that have nothing to do with writing jokes that can be taught, um, that other people kind of have to learn from trial and error. So they're, they're hitting mics out of these classes already like looking professional um, and like they've been doing it for a year. And so that is like, that's so worth the money, especially if you're gonna try to start doing comedy in a big scene. I got lucky enough to start in Wichita, Kansas. So nobody that matters saw those, saw that process that I went through the first six months or whatever. Um, and I get to come to Denver and just be like, yeah, I've always been like this, you know? Um, <laughs> but, you know, I just, I think that if there had been a comedy class available to me that I could have paid for, I would have done it. And I think also sometimes people need it just, there's different personalities, you know, and different, everybody has their own path that they take to comedy. And then there's not just one path after, you know what I mean? There's so many different places you can perform and ways you can perform. And um, that's why I really like DIY and like alternative comedy more than like the professional club route. Um, just the comedians I see and the things that they're doing and trying whether they fail or not i'm just inspired you know by mm -hmm. and that's the thing too like when you get into comedy and like the comedians and they go in these classes they're going to make friends with other people and they already have this community group when they come out of the class and i think that's an important thing that a lot of people are missing sometimes um especially if they've just come out of like an abusive relationship um because a lot of times if you're in an abusive relationship, they have isolated you from your people, you know, so you don't have that community anymore that you used to have. Um, and so being able to get it back and also, you know, I, I wasn't in a physically abusive relationship, but it was, you know, emotionally and verbally abusive. And I wanted to make a new friend group outside of it, the people that already knew me while I was in that, you know what I mean? 
So yes. it's like a fresh start with my friends and didn't have, they didn't know that person that was in that relationship. Um, like the person I was, you know, and so they only know this stronger Helen than I am now. And, you know, it's finding, and comedians are, comedians are just a great, great group for broken people to, you know, they're all kind of broken in their own beautiful way. And then you don't feel so broken yourself. You know, you're like, Oh, I'm not a freak. Okay. There's like hundreds of us. Cool. 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 <laughs> We've multiplied. Yes. These are my people. Yes. <laughs> I found my weirdos. Sweet. Cool. Yep. <laughs> um. Exactly. Like another thing, you know, it's like with doing comedy and improv, it's like, yes, it's like finding these people. It's like, they don't need to know your backstory or whatever. And, you know, you just jump on in there and do your thing. And, um, yeah, I love it. <laughs> and you can, you can talk to them about comedy and never get personal if you don't want to, you know, yeah. Yeah. there's always things to talk about when you, when you're both comics, you don't ever have to get too deep or personal with anybody unless you want to. Um, but then you do find, like I found in comedy, a couple really like friends that I'm getting close with now. I, I didn't really have any in Wichita. My little brother's a comedian. Um, he started six months before I did. So I've always had him. But like here in Denver, I'm starting to, you know, build a comedy friend circle that I hang out with outside of actual comedy events. Well, I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was working on that. And now uh, we just chat a lot on the internet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the sense of community you get in comedy, um, with its good or bads, every community, every family has problems and fights and creepy uncles you know <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> creepy female cousins too yeah. <laughs> yeah their creepy old aunt who won't stop talking about wanting to have sex with 25 year olds yeah yeah <laughs> saying gross things it's not just the men like there's some women our age that that say the the creepiest things to these young male comedians like if I were 20 years younger, I'm just like, but they, I, the male comedians I've talked to don't say they don't care, but I don't know. Who knows? So like, that nah, doesn't bother me. I'm like, ah, it would bother me, but I'm a woman. So I don't know. Uh, I don't give a shit. I just, I have children that are 23. My kids are 18, 19, 21 and 23. So a lot of these younger comedians, pretty much anybody under 26, I'm like, you're a kid, you're my child, you know, like, <laughs> I can recognize that you're a very good looking child, but I'm not gonna, even if I wanted to, I wouldn't go up to him and be like, hey there, kid. <laughs> it's like, how you doing? How you, how you doing, little boy? How you doing? <laughs> yeah. I got some candy out in my van here. <laughs> you know? I got some candy, but I got some stage time for you, little boy. You want some stage time? Yeah. <laughs> you want that five minutes? Yeah, we got that. <laughs> yeah. You got that five minutes. All you got to do is give me a real big, long hug. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> I went back to Kansas for a couple of weeks because I was going crazy here by myself. And like my best friend and me, we went out to lunch and, you know, we've always hugged when we say goodbye or whatever, especially when I don't live in town. Actually, we, we don't hug when we say goodbye when I lived in town, but when I live away, we do because we don't see each other that much. 
but like this hug, I like hugged her for a long time. I was like, oh my God, human <laughs> contact. <laughs> I was smelling her hair. I was like, quit. I was like, I can't. <laughs> Look, it's so nice. It's so nice. <laughs> Don't let go. Like two, two months, I haven't had a hug. Um, I know. I'm like, do I remember how to give a hug? <laughs> I'm going to be like all awkward, like. Ugh. His arms go up here. Around his face? No. Right. Around here? Do I hug your legs? Do I hug your legs? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I know. I was like, I miss the hugs. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm a huggy person. I didn't mm -hmm. be, but I am now. I had, I had a friend that died that was a hugger. And uh, when he died, I was like, I'm going to. I'm going to become more huggy because, you know, I wished I could have hugged him again and I couldn't, you know, so mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to become a huggier person now. Um, but you have to earn my hug still. It's like, I was at a party. It was my friend's party, uh, birthday party. And there was this girl that started talking to me outside and I didn't particularly like her company. I'm not, I don't know if she's a good or it's not a judgment on whether she's a good or bad person. She happened to annoy me in particular, you know, and I <laughs> did, didn't really click with her. And, um, so when I'm saying goodbye in the kitchen later, um, I hugged like the birthday boy and then another comedian. And then I, she was standing there and she went in like she was going to hug me. And I was like, Oh, oh no, <laughs> I'm not a hugger. And then I proceeded to hug probably no less than six people as I walked out of the mm -hmm. kitchen and of the apartment. Um, so I was like, I'm not a hugger, but she just saw me hug like eight people. Um, but those are like my, those are my people, you know? My, yeah, my, your people. My yeah. brother and his wife and, mm -hmm. you know, you know, just my friends, like people I know, people I care about. And I want to hug mm -hmm. them because I care about them. Like, bitch, I don't know you. I don't want to, you know. What exactly it's like no, no. <laughs> about you is annoying if we had made some sort of emotional connection outside on the porch you know i would have probably hugged her maybe not just a quick one but i was like no <laughs> yeah like, no thanks i'm good <laughs> yeah she just assumed she was getting a hug too and i didn't hug her so i mean mm. i am a hugger to a certain degree but i think that makes my hugs more valuable yes yes yeah. Yes, I mean I'll go, you know, hugging everybody after a show, but you know, just the ones that I know, you know. I ain't a hug slut, okay? Yeah, I know exactly. I can't shake slut. I'll shake everybody's hand. Well, I used to. I know, right? <laughs> I'll I'll fist bump you. I'll do whatever, you know. <laughs> elbow bump even. You know? Elbow bump. Right? I'm like T Rex, and I'm T Rex, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I might do that, but I'm not gonna. Yeah, even watching, yeah, no. <laughs> watching old vid like videos of me doing comedy when you go up there and you shake the host's hand, I'm like, remember when we used to shake hands? You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'm like... with doing away with the handshake because half the time I fuck it up, whether I'm the host or whether I'm the comedian. You know. Half the time I fuck up that handshake or they're going for a high five and I don't know. It's always like an awkward thing. Oh God, awkward. Yes, yes. So I'm fine with getting rid of the greeting when I go on stage. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> I know um, my friend James from uh, the New Jersey Renaissance Fair, he'd always try to do like this awkward, like long handshake kind of thing, like the, you know, the squeeze, the bump, the pit, the fist, everything. And I'm like, dude, I am too white for that shit. You should know this by now. You should know. <laughs> I haven't gotten it in almost like 10 years. I still can't get it. <laughs> it's more than three moves, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. No, no. yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I also, there's other things is this I'd like us to keep, like, like, making us be a booth away from each other, never sitting anybody behind me or right directly, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> the extra barriers in Kansas at the Village Inn, they have the extra barriers that go all the way up mm -hmm. around you. And I'm like, I like to keep that, like, have you ever been to a melting pot? Yes. Yeah, you know, you go in the little booth and you can close the curtains. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's. I want yes. every restaurant like that. I want my own. I mean, it, it could be clear yes. plastic. I don't care. Just keep everyone away from me. And these six feet things, strangers should always be six feet away from me. Yeah, they should. They should. I mean, if you're you know close to me where I can just turn around and deck you, then you know move. <laughs> behind me, like if we're waiting across the street, and you're kind of like two feet over there. That's fine. But if you're behind me, you better be like six feet behind me. <laughs> right up on me. I hate, that's why I hated being in elevators. I hate elevators, but I'm too lazy for stairs, so it's... Like, I know, exactly. It's like, you get in there, you're like, oh, hell no, all these people aren't coming in here. <laughs> like, no. Upstairs, but upstairs. <laughs> oh, dear Lord, as soon as I get in that elevator, I'm hitting that button. I'm like, close, 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 close. <laughs> and then I get in a <laughs> Exactly. It's like, hmm. I've been prepared for this. Um... <laughs> I've been prepared. I either get in the corner or if it, there's people in there, I'll get right in the front and I'll just get as close to those doors as doors, yes. So as soon as they open, I can bolt it. Yeah. I'm just thinking now's when it's gonna it's gonna break and I'm gonna get stuck in here in this elevator with eight people and I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. I know, right? It's like, oh my god. I hope one of these ladies has some Xanax in her purse because I'm gonna need it if this thing <laughs> I'd probably be the one that pees on the elevator, you know. I would have to pee, yeah. Like son of a. Mm. I did a temp job downtown here in Denver for like three weeks, where I worked in the mail room. So I had to go up to like the 34, 40th floor at um, at a building. Those elevators went really fast, though. And she talked to you like the elevator lady, but she sounded like she hated her job. You know, she's like 32nd floor, and. She <laughs> She just sounded like she really hated her job, the elevator. Um, going down. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. I'd like to stay all day in there. <laughs> wish I would have recorded it. Also, I like, I would, I would always have my earbuds in. I love that job. I wish I, I, I hated, I wouldn't want to work for that big oil company, but I'd love to. I just walked around and delivered mail with my earbuds in. <laughs> yes. and, uh, it was great but I would sing and dance in the elevator you know bop around and sing out loud because I was in there alone a lot of times and um, of course I wouldn't do it if somebody was in there I should but I didn't because I was working um, but so I asked the security guard I started thinking one day I was like sometimes they have cameras and microphones and shit in elevators so I asked the security guard guy I was like do those things, can you hear or see what's going on in there? You know? And he's like, no. I mean, nobody's, yeah. 
there's there's a camera in there, but nobody's monitoring it. It's just there in case something happens and nobody really watches it. I was like, okay, cool, cool. Right. <laughs> Man, he could have went back and at least watched it. Like, what's this chick doing in there? Right. I could be <laughs> like, I'm gonna see that. I could be on some stupid website of people acting a fool in elevators. I never got down too much. I didn't dance around too much. It was mostly vocals. So if they didn't have audio, it was no good. Because I had my earbuds in all the way up and I'm just singing. I have no idea if I'm singing right or not. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just belting out some Madonna, you know? Like just jamming along, you know? Just jamming along. <laughs> Open your heart to me. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this has been really good. I'm glad to talk to you. I'm glad you're in, in New Jersey. Things going good there. You Yeah, things are going great. I'm still doing um I do a podcast, The Beauty and the Beast Show. I do that with my friend Mark Hills. It's interesting partnering up with a male. Yeah. <laughs> but right now it's like we record like I do a half hour, he does a half hour, then I shove them together and we put it out until we can be back together again. Yeah, I do like some some male comedians. I would say like the percentage mm -hmm. is low. I like a lot of female comedians, but, um, you know, but I've done some of these podcasts and my other one, fat, lonely bitch. Um, I have, I've done that one with some male comedians and just some men that are my friends. You don't have to be a comedian to be on that one. And most of them it's gone just fine. I mean, there's probably been six men that I've interviewed on there and only one of them did I have to get passionate about while talking what I call it passionate <laughs> I get passionate I was like he thought I was getting mad I was like I'm not mad I'm passionate um, <laughs> it's like I'm passionate learn the difference learn the difference and then after I stopped the recording and we were still talking because I know him he's a friend of mine here he's like Helen you can't get so emotional when you're on the podcast I was like this is the fat lonely bitch podcast okay anything goes and I love that I get emotional and passionate about things that I care about you know I, yeah, exactly. I, one of my favorite things about me is that my mama bear quality, where I will, where I will get very passionate about humans. It's, it, you know, mm -hmm. that's that's what really generally drives me to get very passionate uh, and vocal and loud is when humans are mistreated or you know things like that. So, um, yeah, we we worked through it, uh, and I I went back and forth thinking maybe I should cut that part out, and I was like, no, fuck it, like. The podcast is called Fat Lonely Bitch. Okay, so I yeah, right. So far, they've not met the bitch. Like, I don't think Helen's a bitch. Why would anybody call her a bitch? Oh, I'm just a fat lonely bitch. Oh, uh, there it is. Yeah. It's like now I got it. <laughs> and nobody brings out the bitch in me like a man that talks over me when I'm trying to come back at something and i was like i'm getting loud because every i'm trying to make a point and you're trying to interrupt me and i just get louder okay i'm just gonna get louder and louder until you shut up and i win and i get to say what i want to say <laughs> but, <yeah>. passionate. <laughs> passionate that's why it came my little brother was like helen you're not a bitch you're just you're just passionate yeah there you go there you, go. you just have a strong personality <laughs> Yeah, but you have one hell of a name for the podcast. You know, the fat, lonely bitch. Yeah, you have to have a name. Yeah. The name came from a man pissing me off online, and he, to insult me, basically in a series of messages, called me a fat, lonely bitch. And I was like, yeah, I'm fat. It's a fact of my body, and it's, 
it's not an insult to me. And then lonely, who's not lonely right now? My profile picture is with my dog. Yeah, it's, I haven't had real human interaction for like six weeks at that point. Give me a break. And then, um, yeah, I'm a bitch. It's fine. I've, you know, because I know what they mean. Bitch doesn't insult me because I know when they say I'm a bitch that they are seeing qualities in me that I find positive. You know, I, I find that I can, I find that articulating myself in a passionate way about a cause I care about um, and about the people I care about when I see somebody attacking my friend or something, I feel that, you know, that's a positive thing. And I don't, I, so if, it, if that's, if that's what's going to get me labeled a bitch, which it is, because I won't just shut up and do what I'm told is why I get called a bitch. And I don't take shit from men and um that's why i get called a bitch so i don't it's not an insult to me i'm like thank you yeah exactly i'm glad you recognize that in me yeah <laughs> the reason i was going off on him is because he was just i don't know if you've how much time you spent on facebook or how many male comedian friends you have but so, male comedians like to just shit on your joy they just you post something happy and they just like shit on it and uh, that's what he was doing to her. And I just, and it was, in fact, he was insulting improv because she was talking about improv. And, uh, you know, and I know that that friend in particular isn't a bitch. Um, and she's not going to come back at him passionately, even if she wants to, you know what I mean? She's not going to do it. So I have all these uh, memes I made from my first headshots, like outtakes of the headshots, um, where it's like, Need a bitch? Call one eight hundred bitch or something like that. I can't remember. Bitch. You know, you need, <laughs> That's someone, awesome. you need someone to be the bad guy. <laughs> it's like I'm your bitch. <laughs> um, but That's awesome. That's what it takes to stand up for people, and men don't get called out for that. Men get called strong, and you know, the same behavior I have is found in a po is a positive to have in men, and a negative to have mm. in women. Um, in fact, if I was a man, they'd probably think I was a, they'd probably say I was weak, you know? <laughs> like, um, but yeah, so I'm calling me a bitch does not insult me. Calling me a cunt doesn't insult me, but it pisses me off. <laughs> oh, yes, a lovely see you next Tuesday. <laughs> but I called that man a cunt is what he went off on me for. Men don't like it when you feminize them. I say things to them like, calm down. Don't get your panties in a bunch, you know? <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. I said that um, weeks and weeks ago before this whole thing started. Um, I, I belonged to some comedian groups online and everything on Facebook. And one comedian was going off. He's like, oh, my God. It's like I met someone and we we're talking, you know, it's like, oh, hey, wait, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a comedian. And they're like, oh, tell me a joke. And they got like so offended. You know, it's like, why would a comedian get offended? when and when somebody says you know tell me a joke and then you know it's like he was going off and off you know it's like it's like oh you're an accountant here do my taxes you know it's like no it's like just tell him a joke it's like you're a comedian you know it's like don't get your panties in a bunch and everything just tell him a joke i did that um I'm also a cosplayer. I was doing an event at AmazaCon, and this one guy came to my booth because his um, girlfriend loved my artwork and everything, and wanted to buy some stuff. And he asked, you know, it's like, so, um, what else do you, you know? It's like, what else do you do? It's like, I'm a comedian. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. Tell me a joke. So I was like, okay, you want to hear one? Um, I, I was like, um, do you know why I do stand-up comedy? 
And he's like, why? And I was like, well, because when I did it laying down, they called it prostitution. <laughs> and then he just thought that was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> and then later that night, I got pulled up on stage to do a few jokes. It was awesome. <laughs> I, whenever somebody tells me to tell them a joke, I just tell them, uh, dreamers dream, lovers love me. I'm a fucker. That's yeah. <laughs> quick. Um, yeah, exactly. It's like have one in the back of your mind, you know. It was a t-shirt I made in 2006. Um, yeah, before I ever did stand up, I made some funny t-shirts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then and now it's a, I actually made t-shirts that had it on it with an eight-inch picture of basically my face. It's my profile picture for this thing. And then I made them and I was like, why would anybody want an eight inch picture of my face on them? I'm nobody. <laughs> like, <laughs> friends and family loved it, but like strangers, like why would any stranger want to? No. Um, <laughs> you have to try. <laughs> I want to make keychains or some sort of merch with it. I want to make like wooden keychains that say it on there. Um, something. Dreamers dream, lovers love me. I'm a fucker. That's a keychain. Yep. Yeah, that is, that is. I would totally buy that. <laughs> I could make it a shirt, but I, I feel like if I'm going to sell a shirt at a show, it needs to tie into a joke. But mm -hmm. it will be something that people can relate to without knowing the joke. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I have to make a joke. Exactly. I don't have to do it anywhere. I need to figure out where I can work that in, but I've actually been trying to write cleaner. Oh God, I tried that. Oh my God, it was the most horrible experience ever. Like I sat down one morning at like 9.35 in the morning. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take, you know, my dirtiest joke and make it clean. My cat Lucky walks in front of me. His tail was half fluffed. It looked like a furry anal plug. I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, like even like, I was trying to write a mundane joke. I was really high with my friend. We were talking. And I was trying to write a joke about the a road here in Golden that was annoying to me. And um, and it was just like, ended up me, with me going, you know, well, fuck you, Golden. Why don't you go suck all the donkey dicks, okay? Every last one of you, go suck all the donkey dicks, even the babies. Like, I don't know how you're going to get your lips or their lips around that donkey dick, but you better figure it out. Which I would never, I'd never go that far on stage, but I could say suck all the donkey dicks, every last one of you, even the babies, and then leave it there, maybe. I just, he was like, oh man, we laughed hard, but I was like, yeah, I'd never say that on stage. He's like, yeah, you probably don't want to make people think about baby lips being around donkey dicks while you're on stage. Well, that would be a cool name for a band, like Baby Lips on Donkey Dicks. Baby Lips on Donkey Dicks. Donkey dicks. <laughs> I can see that, the new metal band coming out. <laughs> B-L-O-D-L. B-L-O-D-L. You heard the new Bobble album? <laughs> the what? <laughs> that actually reminds me. One time coming back from Fairy Fest, I was there with my friend Jules and her two kids, and we were coming back, and I kind of, I was resting my head, like, on the window coming back in the car, and I open my eyes, I look over, there's a donkey, and his dick is, like, touching the ground. And I was like, holy shit! <laughs> That's why it's so funny, because donkeys have huge dicks. I know, she was like, what? I was like, yeah, look over. <laughs> She's like, get a baby lift around that? I know, dude, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to do it. It'll be a baby hippo. 
better figure it out. <laughs> Good Lord. It's funny, but I feel like it would be too far. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be funny at a mic when it was just comedians. They'd all enjoy that. But I think, like, it's not something I would go up and say at Comedy Works, that's for sure. No. Yeah, no, it's like I once did this joke on snowballing, but then I, I was like, well, why can't women do it, you know, and call it splooshy balls? And then every time every time I would go up to do something, right, I had that joke like a long, long time ago. I get up there, another comedian, um, his name is Brandon, and he's like, he's like, splooshy balls. And I was like, you want me to do that joke? You want me to do that in the coffee house? I was like, okay, here we go. Here we go. So you all know what snowballing is, right? Like I actually explain it and everything. And then I did realize, you know, it's like with my girlfriend, um, we're both squirters and, you know, snowballing does not work because you kind of get drowned in Niagara Falls, you know. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's not snowballing. It's drowning. That's what it is. Yeah, it's drowning. <laughs> it's drowning. It's drowning. You need a life raft, you know. <laughs> like one of them nose plugs. That <laughs> right. Like hanging out before sex. Be like, you're going to need this. Yeah, yeah. I was like, and that's why we have to go to hotels now. <laughs> I get I keep these stockpiled over there. You might want this. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> anybody's ever inhaled squirt female ejaculation and gotten pneumonia? Whoa. <laughs> I feel like at least one man in the world or woman, one person in the world has that happen. Because you can get pneumonia if you like when you drown. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> in your lungs, um, they like inhale it on accident somehow. I know. It's like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like when you drink water wrong. It's like, don't you leave? Don't you leave? And they got to explain that one to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> ah, the sploosh did it. <laughs> it's just sploosh pneumonia. Yeah. <laughs> And then I did like another um comedian show or whatever. Um, she was just on Instagram. She's like, yeah, any comedians out there? It's like, yeah, come on Instagram, we'll do a show and everything. And she was doing it on Instagram and Facebook at the same time. And um, the person I went after was um, Nikki Glazer from Comedy Central. I'm like, oh god, this is gonna be a goddamn disaster. Yeah. And then I actually had to explain like what you know splooshing was and everything. And then all in the chat room all night long, <laughs> it's like sploosh just kept coming up. <laughs> it was like coming up roses, you know. <laughs> yeah, because they say sploosh and archer. The chicks and archer say sploosh. Yes, I love that show. <laughs> That's where it accumulated from. Sploosh. Because I actually, um, when I do cosplay, um, I do Cheryl Tunt, I do Charlotte Vander Tunt from the 1940s, and then I do Pam Poovey. <laughs> and I loved it. One show at GamerCon, I don't know why they made me um, uh, the cosplay ambassador, so I was kind of like in charge of things. I was like, yeah, that's a bad idea. <laughs> and anyway, I was going, um, it was like the last day there, I think, I was going with Pam Poovey. So, you know, I made my chest a little bit bigger than normal. And I'm pulling into the parking garage, and I go to turn on the wheel, and my boob got caught on the wheel. <laughs> I was like, this is not a good thing. <laughs> But then I was hoping that I would get um, pulled over because I had a whole bunch of bear claws with me, and I just wanted to go, bear claws, <laughs> like how she does in the show. 
<laughs> and then I was there. <laughs> I was like drinking out of my bottle all day, and I was doing cocaine whippets. <laughs> I was like, they put me in charge. They put me in charge. I know. I end up, I, I accidentally end up leading things a lot because nobody else will. Like, like in Kansas, I got involved in local politics and stuff, and there was this thing we were trying to do, and everyone's like, but who's going to do it? Who's going to start it? And they're all just standing around. And I'm like, ah, oh, geez. I guess I will. <laughs> I never choose to lead. If I can find someone worthy of following, I yes. <laughs> but a lot of times there isn't someone worthy of following. You know what I mean? But I'll gladly be a follower. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> the presidential comedy festival. Um, Christy Bukley is a Denver comedian. She was she kind of like just took over because we were all just like trying to figure out where to go, you know? And she was like, we're going to, I think they're at this bar. And so we went to that bar then we didn't really like that bar. And she's like, okay, we'll go to this bar. And we were all just following her. And I was like, I trust Christy Buckley to take me to wherever the good time is. So I'm going to follow her, you know? Um, yes. I'm just glad that I wasn't the one having to do it. That's all. <laughs> to wrinkle <laughs> comedians. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, no, no. <laughs> worse than hurting cats hurting it's like hurting a bunch of cats who are on a lot of drugs because they are i know exactly i was like ever, ever i'm like tweaking because ever since i started doing stand-up comedy i haven't had to pay for weed so now i'm like okay now what the hell do i do i know like, i know i had to like actually go I'm like anybody out there <laughs> I was like, great. And, you know, it's like Maddie from the improv troupe. I think her and her um, husband, they're up in like Philly now. I'm like, you guys suck. You guys. <laughs> it's like, I need you. <laughs> Is it legal where you are? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. But we still did it on the streets well, of Atlantic we, City. We know? did in Wichita, too. Uh, so it didn't stop. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, in Wichita, it was really important because it there isn't weed stores, you know, and so you get a lot of your weed, not just smoking, but you purchase it. Because you, the comedians have it, you know, or you get hooked up with their dealer. Um, yeah, because it's really hard to find a good dealer. It really is. It is. It is. It is. I mean, I had a friend that was on the medical stuff. I was like, I took like two puffs of that. I was out for like three days. <laughs> Yeah, she was like, "What the hell just happened?" Most of the weed being sold in Wichita comes from Colorado, so or California. Mm -hmm. But um, like, the problem is finding one that's that's not that's reliably has a variety of marijuana, um, not just whatever they want to give you. Is but I know a couple that um, did. I'm gonna cut that part out. And that's okay. I know, yeah, cut the weed out. <laughs> but yeah. the part about buying weed at Mike's. And, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I once accidentally invited um, cops, a cop to our shows because um, one of the comedians has, you know, mental illness as they do, and she'd had a meltdown, and the cops got called because she was laying in the street. Um, it was this whole thing. And so the cops are there, and I'm just trying to leave once the cops get there. I was like, well, they got it, they, they'll take care of it. I got to get out of here. And um, so the cop's talking to me. Meanwhile, my comedian friend, she's over there because um, they're trying to ask if she has any weapons. 
and she just strips off her shirt. I mean, and she's just in her bra and short. She's like, no, I don't have any weapons. So this is happening like right over there. And he's talking to me, just trying to see if she's on any drugs or alcohol. And I was like, no, she just quit, you know, she quit drinking. She doesn't drink at all. And she just quit smoking weed because her therapist wants her to do this therapy and she needs to not have weed in her system to do it. And he was like, well, maybe she should start again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Um, and then uh, his partner laughed at that. And then he asked, you know, what we were doing there tonight. And I told him that we were doing a comedy open mic. And he was like, oh yeah, comedy, huh? And then I switched into this like marketing. It was like, I, I went from being like, yeah, she's okay. No, she's not on any drugs. She's fine. You know, like just being upset by the situation <laughs> to being like, oh yeah, we were doing an open mic. If you go to wichitacomedy.com, you can see where all of our open mics and shows are. <laughs> and then the comedy friends were like, when I posted it in the group, they were like, Helen, did you just invite cops to our shows? I was like, well, he's cool with weed, man. He's cool with weed. He says, do it. He says, do it. <laughs> we're good. We're good. He's cool with weed. We're good. You guys shouldn't be doing all that coke anyway, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you kids. The kids and their coke today, they're worrying me because they, uh, mm -hmm. they're starting to make jokes about it. Like, like they, like we used to weed here. And I'm just like, it's not the same thing, kids. No, dude. <laughs> Stop it. Stop with the coke. Go to the weed. <laughs> weed stop stop pushing the envelope yeah. <laughs> but it does worry me the children the children mm -hmm. concern me the children um, i'm a worried about my comedy children i literally have a couple people that say i'm a comedy mom um, others i've chosen to just take on a mother like there's one comedian here i was we were as soon as we can we're going to be hosting an open mic together He's like 28 though, but for some reason I just have this like motherly instinct. We we did a show in Wyoming. It was like a five hour drive there, and uh, so you know we kind of hung out and everything. And uh, I can't believe I'm not attracted to him at all. He's a good looking kid, but I just have this like mom instinct about him. <laughs> I'm just like, don't you fuck with my kid, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I go mom. I go mama bear. I go mama bear on people about my children, if I need Exactly. To. And every <laughs> female comedian is my child. I don't care how old she is, so <laughs> I will go. I have female comedians that legit message me and are like, hey, will you go on my post and take care of this dude for me? Uh, and I will. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I go on there and I just, I say all the things that they want to say, but they can't because it's like their brother or their uncle or something, you know? Mm -hmm. And they'll even like fake defend them to me. Like, Helen, no. But in reality, we both know that they asked me to go on there and say all the things they can't say. <laughs> <laughs> so I say, where were you the other week? Um, I was on Facebook. Um, somebody messaged me or whatever. They weren't even on my friends list. I'm like, how does this even happen? And they just started, you know, talking to me and everything. And I'm like, well, you know, it's like I'm engaged and, you know, all this other stuff. And um, usually I'll just say, like, I'm married. I have two kids, which are my cats. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it like pushes them away a little bit. 
Yeah. This one guy, he just got like so, you know, um, he he writes a post like, okay, you know, it's like the next time I talk to you know a woman and she says she's married or engaged, it's like you can fuck off because I just want to talk to single chicks or whatever. So I know it was directed towards me, uh, and you know, it's like I commented on it, and then all of a sudden um, I block him and everything, and then I get a message from someone else. It's him with another profile, and he tells me that I should go kill myself. But this wasn't it. I wasn't the first one that he attacked that day. There was a whole bunch of other people. Like we like started like a support group or whatever. Oh and I was like, you know what? I was like, a death threat will get you a trip to the police station. Okay. I was like, I'm not sitting light on those things. Yeah. Well, you know, feel free to add me on Facebook. I was gonna add you, but I'm currently in Facebook jail because I commented on a friend's post that most men are hoes. And it's hate speech, and I got put in jail. <laughs> Damn. So add me on Facebook, and yeah. yeah definitely. <laughs> definitely. Me. Like I said, it's like I don't take to that lightly, and you know, it's like I don't take to that, you know, with my friends. I know um, a lot of us cosplayers and stuff we get that a lot because men just think men think that they get hit on us like all the time or they'll send us dick pictures well what my friend may started to do was um she screenshots everything and she will repost it on facebook with their full name everything and then if she goes to their profile and they're married or have a girlfriend she'll send everything over to them and say this is what this is how your man is you know yeah, i was I like we don't take that lightly we don't i don't ever block out who it is people do they'll block out the name and stuff and i don't i mean and if you follow my instagram i have a lot on there that are from like online dating and i don't block out who the dude is i don't yeah, yeah no. picture um <laughs> yeah but I've, i i used to i've screen and it's not like i'm baiting them into some gross conversation and screenshot yeah no exactly no, hey, no. down to fuck want to watch me come on snapchat that's yeah <laughs> it's like let me think about that <laughs> no yes. i just said nah brah <laughs> no brah, <laughs> nah, brah. <laughs> this ain't just chat <laughs> yeah, there was some kid on tinder but i don't do online dating anymore yeah no I'm like no i'm like mostly i'm like i'm too old for this shit so no, no. nothing left dude there's nothing left at my age on there oh and I'm like, everyone, my, my thing was like, everyone here is on this site is broken and no one should be dating. And then I was like, wait a minute, you're on there, Helen. Yes. <laughs> it's like, uh -huh. no, I'm not this broken anymore. I'm not broken. No, no. I'm dating. I'm done. Thanks to comedy. I'm no longer broken to the point that I need online dating. So in January, um, I was dating somebody, but then I was just sick of it too. And then, you know, I got back on there when everything got shut down because um, I was just so bored. And I thought, well, maybe there'll be people that actually want to talk to me and get to know me right now and not just have sex with me. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Immediately, they're just like, hey, I know what really helped your stress level right now. Yeah, this is stressful, huh? Some good sex. That'll help it. And I'm like, are you insane? Like, I don't <laughs> want to shake your hand. I'm not going to come over and just, like, I, I should, like... If I'm gonna just if I'm gonna do that, I'll just be an escort and get paid for it. I mean, I know some people yeah. have pretty good money doing that in New in like New York and L.A. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If I'm gonna just come over when I'm someone calls me up for sex like that, I'll just just give me fifty bucks or a hundred dollars, and 
as long as you're wanting the girlfriend experience, I'm down. If you're into some other thing, you know, you're going to have to find some other girl because I'm not, I'm not going to beat you or anything like that. So if you're in for someone coming over and just like you cooking for them, like they're your girlfriend and <laughs> traveling on the couch and watching a movie and then having, you know, nice, reasonable sex for a decent amount of time and then going to sleep, I'm your gal. <laughs> Exactly. When next Netflix and chill is literally just Netflix and chill, you know. If you're looking for somebody to come over and do a strip tease for you and then have sex for two hours, not your lady. Ah, go oh, find yeah. somebody else. <laughs> like, no, thank you. <laughs> I not, I have not, neither the desire or uh, energy <laughs> for that. <laughs> but but it's been really good talking to you. I'm gonna get a awesome get off here it was really good talking to you and nice to it's good talking to you too hopefully i get to meet you in person someday i really 20 yeah it would be awesome right there i have a map of the united states and i was gonna try to hit as many states as i could i really wanted i i really wanted to go east uh like south and east and up and stuff and uh and i'll probably won't happen but um maybe i can travel through the states i mean one of my main goals is to get um down to georgia at dad's theater or dad's garage dad's yeah dad's yeah something so (laughs) something in georgia that i want to do and i wanted to do like a comedy show like all the way down there because they do awesome improv too dad's garage that's what it's called and they do i I make tours i'll get booked on a couple shows and i'll just find shows along yeah um it'd be awesome i really want to do one called the angry beaver tour yeah like i've got the name i'm like yeah let's do this well, i'm about to hopefully if it doesn't get sold in time buy a like a bus like a short bus but not like the school buses like the ones they use for handicap transport yes um but it's already got all the seats out and everything so i'm about to buy that to build to live in and uh go wherever i want but i was supposed to do a show in new orleans i was supposed to headline for the first time out of town in new orleans and uh atlanta two places i've never been and i was actually gonna get paid and might have even broke even on a tour um like early may i was supposed to do that so but i was gonna the where it was at i was like i was gonna be able to hit like because there's atlanta you know I, i was gonna be able to dip into florida and alabama i was gonna get like you know, five states probably. I got up to Tennessee, you know, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida. Uh, that's the five states. I was going to be able to get five states. Yeah. That I'd never performed in before. <laughs> but they'll still be there. Comedy will be there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm just going like, to keep like, doing it. <laughs> I like the Zoom comedy, but I, I, I still, it's not the same as being as a crowd in person and all that. So that's true. I think it's not going to come back in Denver for a while just because of the nature of the populace of Denver. So mm-hmm. I might get in my bus and just go wherever the comedy is. It's- yeah, exactly. Kansas City's comedy clubs are starting back up like this weekend. Oh, wow. They're just spacing tables out. And, and I figured out how to do my, I'm, I'm, I was going back and forth on whether I should cancel my female festival in July, but I think I figured out a way to do it um, within the guidelines and, of what it should be by then anyway it should be up to 50 people by then so do it like a hybrid of online and in person and um let the comedians decide if they want to do it in person or if they want to be because then they would be broadcast yeah, yeah the audience would be there and they would they'd be able to hear the audience 
Um, oh, that's really yeah. awesome. You know? So, and then there's plenty of comedians here to do it in person. Mm -hmm. And there's still comedians willing to travel here to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, <gasps> like, let me know. Flights are cheap right now. You know, they're exactly. I'm like, I'll get my ass out somehow. You know, yeah. I was on a, a panel at San Diego Comic Con a couple of years ago. And um, they sent, you know, free pro pass tickets in and everything. And I just had to get, you know, a flight in a hotel. I was like, bam, you know, damn, if we didn't do it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to go for it. Yeah, I know. I'm like, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. That's why I was looking around at, you know, uh, I love, like, watching, like, tiny house porn. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen like the tiny house shows and everything. I love the tiny houses and the RV shows because I'm building out a van to live in. You know? mm -hmm. Love it. It's like amazing. I'm like, that's, you know, my ultimate dream because then I can travel. I can do, you know, comedy, improv. I can do cosplay stuff. I can do renaissance fairs. I can do it, you know, everything. <laughs> and I just get to live in it now. I'm gonna, I mean, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm not going to have a place to live other than I might. We'll see how it goes in it. I have a place that I could move into. It's real cheap. August 1st, it's like 300 bucks a month. So I was like, nice. in Denver, I was like, it would probably be good to have like a home base of somewhere to yeah, yeah. home. But um, my rent was really cheap here, but my roommates, I was thinking about leaving anyway because of the bus thing. And then now they're going to move in their sister. But um, yeah, if I had had a bus or a van or something I could have lived in through the winter, I would have just stayed in it but I was in my SM. oh yeah no but yeah it was really good talking to you I hope I get to meet you in person someday and um, awesome thank you the, the very first part of this will be edited and put on Heart of Comedy but um I'll probably just slap the whole thing up unedited on Fat Lonely Bitch okay I don't edit Fat Lonely Bitch I just yeah no that's just exactly Heart of Comedy I take out all the ums and the uhs and I fucking like keep it on point with the topic because it's for my nonprofit. um yeah. We had a topic? No, we had a topic. First 10 minutes, 15 minutes we did. We did the topic. <laughs> we tried. I'm sorry. I have like ADD. It's like, oh, look, a squirrel. Here, kitty, kitty. Your origin story and how improv and comedy has helped you. And, you know, that's really what I'm doing because I don't have, yes. um, I don't have success stories to show people why they should donate to my nonprofit. Um, and so until then, I want to have all these interviews with the demographics I'm trying to help, um, show, and they'll talk about how comedy helped them and how they think this is a great idea and stuff. So that'll hopefully get the first few donors in until we can get an actual student, um, to be our first student. Mm -hmm. So that's all right. Cool. So, but, um, yeah, you have a great day and uh, yeah, you too. yak at you later. Yep. Thanks. Later. Bye. Bye.